And now, another timely and powerful message from Pastor Emmanuel Williams and Imitators of God Ministries, Colossal Vivacious Church in Tallahassee. We'll be coming from John 14, 15 to 16. And it says, If you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but it know him, for he dwelleth with you, and shall be in you. I will never leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Since I want to bring your attention that Jesus is speaking, if you have your Bible, you can see that's written in red. And anytime you see red, you know that these are Jesus's own words. Now, let me set the scene. This was the last night that Jesus and his disciples were there meeting before he died and he got resurrected. And after that night, he will not have seen them again until 40 days. Here, Jesus was giving them instructions and promises as to what was to come. The disciples were emotional, and you can imagine the state of mind that they were with Jesus and he was leaving them. And so he was telling them, they were saddened and hopeless at the news. And now Jesus, being accurately aware of how they felt, took the time to encourage them by making several promises to them. And some of the promises are lined up in John 14. What I want to show you in these verses is how important the Holy Spirit can be as a comforter, as a helper, as a guide. Without question, the Holy Spirit indeed a comforter. So in these previous verses, we all can agree that Jesus referred to the Holy Spirit as he or him. Therefore, you have heard people say that the Holy Spirit is an it. It's an if. No, he is a person. The Holy Spirit is a person. It's not an it or a thing. Many people have heard of the Holy Spirit but not, are not fully acquainted with all the benefits of the, that he provides to the body of Christ. Amen. I read many commentaries and one commentary went on to say that the Holy Spirit among Christians is so vague, he is partially non-existence in their life. I read another commentary that says that if we believers know how important the Holy Spirit is in our daily lives, we will never neglect the Holy Spirit. Since we cannot afford to neglect the Holy Spirit. Since the scripture both in the old and in the new make reference to the Holy Spirit. For example... The Holy Spirit is mentioned 90 times in the Old Testament. And he was first mentioned in Genesis 1 verse 2. And if we can quickly turn our Bibles to Genesis 1 verse 2. 
So it says, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the, moved upon the face of the water. Amen. Just in the second verse of the Bible, yeah. the Holy Spirit is introduced. Yeah. Before any work of the Lord was begun, the Holy Spirit was present. Yeah. He was brooding yeah. or hovering over the elements from which all life would be created. Yeah. God does nothing without the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Likewise, we saints, we cannot do, I can emphasize on that, I, Cheryl, cannot do anything without the Father, without the ministry of the Holy Spirit. The Hebrew word that was translated moved in Genesis 2.1, it says to brood and to hover. So in the strong concordance, when I looked up, it said relaxed. And so this is a word picture of the Holy Spirit brewing over the waters, just like how a mother hen brew over her chicks. The Holy Spirit was hatching the potential of what God had already created. Likewise, in the New Testament, the Holy Spirit is mentioned 260 times. The Holy Spirit was first introduced in the New Testament in Matthew 1.18 when they said that Mary was with child, right? Amen. And the Bible ends by mentioning the Holy Spirit in Revelation 21. Since all I am trying to say is, is that the Holy Spirit has been mentioned through the length and depth of the scripture. If the Holy Spirit is mentioned in the Bible, there is a lot of significance in that. So let's go back to our text. And our text was John 14, starting from verse 15. So Jesus said to his disciple, And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. The Holy Spirit is definitely a person. A person who can help you and I. We need help, saints. Would you agree that we need help? The Holy Spirit can help us. All I am stating before, when referencing to the Holy Spirit, Jesus is said, it's, it's you, it's you, it's in you. He uses it as a personal pronoun. He. So the Holy Spirit is a person and he's the very essence of God. Today from our text, I want to mention six things Jesus said about the Holy Spirit. Six things. I won't be long with you. Six things about the Holy Spirit. There's so much to talk about the Holy Spirit. I believe that Apostle E will be doing a series on the Holy Spirit. I cannot wait for that. The first phase in chapter, in verse 14 reads, And I will pray the Father. So here's my first point. The Holy Spirit is a request from Jesus on behalf of the church. Amen. Jesus is asking the Father to give us the Holy Spirit because he's about to return to his Father. Amen. So here we see that Jesus is always looking out 
for us. Always. Also, I want you to know that according to the text, the Holy Spirit is from the Father and not from the local or federal government. Jesus did not pray to the local or federal government for the Holy Spirit. He prayed to the Father for the Holy Spirit. And since this is my point, right? Because he is from the Father and he is of vital importance to us. James 1.17 says, All, not some, but all good gifts and perfect gifts come from God the Father. The Holy Spirit is a member of the Godhead. We have God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And those three make up the Trinity. So it is so vitally important that the Holy Spirit is present with us. So let me move on to the next point. Point number two. The Holy Spirit is a helper. Can we say that? The Holy Spirit is a helper. I believe that last week, Apostle E mentioned that the Holy Spirit is the true source of help. How many of you would agree that we need help in these last days? In this economy? In this situation that we are in, people are dying in the left and in the right. We need help. We have a disease out there we cannot see. We need help. We certainly need the direction from the Holy Spirit. Now let's dig a little deeper. The word helper is a Greek word they call paraclet. Paraclete, thank you. Paraclete means somebody who is called alongside someone to help. Someone who contributes the assistant or is a helper. So it can be translated advocate, counselor, my God, advocate, exhorter, intercessor, encourager, whatever you want him to be, my God, that he is. My God, in ancient times, it was associated with the legal professor profession, the law or the courts, or someone who would be a counsel for the defense. Can, can you imagine that right now you have a defense? You don't need a man-made defense. You need Jesus Christ, the defense. Someone will help you to plead your case. Jesus knew we need all the help that we can get. I know that I need all the help that I can get. Especially as the accuser of the brethren, the devil, walks about seeing who he may devour. He tried to see who he can destroy. Because he comes to kill, kill, and destroy. That's what he's there for. But thank God for the paraclete. Thank God for the help. Thank God for our defense. Thank God for our counselor. Thank God for our comforter. He is here and he's ready to help. Since you no longer have to bear the burden or problem or challenges alone. You have help which has been given from Jesus himself. And in light of the promise, that's a promise that he had, he made in John 14. All we have to do is open our mouths and ask. 
We have a kingdom deposit left by our father, by your daddy. When we are feeling hopeless, when we are feeling depressed, when we are feeling that no one cares, we have a promise. Ooh. It is important to recognize the Holy Spirit is omnipresent and that he's, he is with you wherever you go. Wherever you go. David said it good in Psalms 139 and 7. He says, where can I go from your presence? Or where shall I flee from your presence? It's impossible to go anywhere to escape the presence of God. Yeah. God's presence is even in hell. What a thought to think that he's even in hell. It can feel very lonely out there in the world, right? It can feel very lonely on the vast oceans by yourself. But the truth is that God is with us. The Holy Spirit is omnipotent. He is powerful. And no situation is too difficult that he cannot handle. A matter of fact, he said in Jeremiah 32, 27, Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? And the answer is absolutely not. God can handle any situation because he's all powerful. He can handle any situation any circumstances because he is God Saints, to get to the kingdom is easy but to walk like royalty takes help to walk as a daughter or a son of the kingdom takes the helper and Jesus self help is on the way help is on the way right now help is on the way Hallelujah. now let's move to our third point about the holy spirit point number three the holy spirit is another or similar helper jesus said he is another helper john 14 15 from our text he said i will pray the father and he will give you another helper now, now let's look at the word another. Not the Holy Spirit is not just a helper. He's not just, okay, I'm here. He is another helper. And what is the word before comforter in your text? Another. Another helper. It means the helper of the same kind or from the same category. In English, we have one word for the meaning of another. And what is that? Another. In English, there's no other word beside another but another. However, in the Greek, we can use two different words. We have LS, I think I spelled it wrong, it's pronounced it wrong, but it's A L L A S. Alos, Alos, thank you, Apostle. Another of the same kind, or we have heteros, uh huh, another of a different kind. So the Greek word used, another in our text is alos, mm -hmm. A-L-L-O-S, which means another of the same kind, not from the same category, or the same category. So since to put it in context, 
When Jesus said the father is going to have to give you another helper, what he's telling the disciples is, I have been your helper, but I'm leaving. But the father is going to give you another helper exactly how I've been to you. Everything I've been to you, the Holy Spirit will be to you. Just like you turn to every situation and ask me for counsel. The counselor is here. I'm going to leave you another one who you can talk to. Likewise, us saints, we have the Holy Spirit. Those that are Christians, we have the Holy Spirit in us. Our comforter is in us. So we can ask him for whatever we need. Just like he's being our, he's the helper to the disciple. In like manner, the Holy Spirit is our helper. So somebody might be wondering, Lex, how has Jesus been a help to the disciple? So I'm going to give you two quick examples. Two quick examples. We're going to examine how Jesus helped his disciple. And I'm going to provide two quick examples. The first example, Jesus taught them how to pray. Let's look in Luke 11, 1. Luke 11, 1. So it came to pass that he was praying in a certain place when he ceased. One of his disciples said unto him, Father, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. And he said to them, when you pray, say, Father, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done as it is in heaven so in earth he taught them how to pray and he said give us this day our daily bread you know it and forgive us our sins as we also forgive those who sins against us i'm reading a different translator translation and lead us not into temptation so just like how Jesus taught his disciples to pray, likewise the Holy Spirit will teach us how to pray. Amen. Romans 8.26 says, Likewise the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray, for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groaning, which we cannot utter. Since it's important to note, the Holy Spirit helps us as we are interceding, but he does not automatically do it for us. You have to ask. It is certain that none of us knows exactly how to pray in every situation. Therefore, it is very comforting to know that the Holy Spirit is there to help us. Even Jesus drew on the ministry of the Holy Spirit in, in John 11, 30, 33. I don't want to go there. But Jesus groaned in the spirit twice when Lazarus rose from the dead. When Lazarus was dead, he groaned in the spirit. If Jesus needed the Holy Spirit to help him when he doesn't know how when we how what else for you and I if he asked if he groaned in the spirit 
So the ministry of the Holy Spirit is very important to us Christians. Our second example of how Jesus helped his disciple. He taught the word of God. For three and a half years, they sat and listened to Jesus. They listened to the sermon on the mount in Matthew, the sermon on the mount in Matthew 5, 1 to 7. They listened to the upper room discussed. They listened to all the parables he gave. And they actually saw what he did as well. He taught them. He educated them. He schooled them. He matured them. In the same way, the Holy Spirit can do that for you. Since in light of that, we need to appreciate who the Holy Spirit is to recognize the kingdom treasure that's inside of us. If you are confident that the divine person is dwelling in you, the Holy Spirit is dwelling in you, it will show. As a matter of fact, if you don't know, appreciate your helper, you will be just like what Paul talked about in 2 Timothy 3, 5. What does it say? Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. As such, turn away. You got to know what's inside of you and the heavenly deposit that he has left for us. And since this is a very sad place to be if you don't know what's inside of you. If you don't embrace your helper, the Holy Spirit, you will begin to lose interest in prayer meeting, reading your Bible, coming to church. You will lose interest in the saints. Your focus will no longer be the things of God. It will be things of the world. Since we have to embrace the Holy Spirit, the sweet Holy Spirit. I get very emotional when I talk about the Holy Spirit. Because every time I cry out to him, it's like that inward voice that I sense inside of me. And all I can do is just cry and cry and just feel his presence. Because I allow the, uh, the Holy Spirit to dwell in me and control whatever I'm doing. Thus far, we mentioned three points Jesus shared with us about the Holy Spirit. He is, I request from, he, he requested from God on our behalf. He's our helper. He's another similar comforter. Now our fourth points about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit abides forever. He is a permanent helper. He's not going to be there one day and move out the next. He said in John 14, 16, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. He's not going to be like some people that leave when they get frustrated with you. He's not going to leave just because you are starting to be mature in the faith. He's not going to wait until when you are 18 and kick you out like your parents did. He is a permanent 
resident. Yes, he does not leave at all. Amen. So you don't have to be scared about the Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus said in Matthew 28, 20, Lord, I am with you always, not sometimes, always, even to the end of the world. He will be with you forever. You have a 24-7 living helper who will be comforting you, maturing you, counseling you, and praying for you. A 24-7 living helper. Someone asked me, can you grieve the Holy Spirit? The answer is yes. You can grieve the Holy Spirit. You can resist and you can quench the Holy Spirit. You can even lie to the Holy Spirit. Just like Ananias and Sapphires. The Holy Spirit is very committed in growing us. And he will stick around. He will stay. Let's compare how the Old Spirit worked in the Old Testament versus the New Testament. You remember saints in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit came upon individually, specifically for some reason. He would work powerfully upon them and then he would leave them. For example, King Saul, right? In 1 Samuel 16, 14, the Spirit of the Lord departed from Saul. That was not good. Because Saul was the king. And as a leader and a ruler, he needed God more than even the people himself to lead God's people. And so the spirit of the Lord departed from Saul. David watched it happen. And he got scared. <laughs> and he wrote in Psalms 51, 11, Cast me not away from thy presence and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. In other words, David was saying, don't let what happened to Saul happen to me. <laughs> oh my God. Isn't that something in the Old Testament? How you can have an error and then the Holy Spirit just vanish away from you? But David saw that. He got too scared. He said, Lord, uh-uh, in spite of my shortcomings, in spite of my faults, in spite of my sin, Lord, please don't take your Holy Spirit from me. On the other hand, in the New Testament, the Holy Spirit is permanently, did I say permanently, my God? What a benefit to us believers. He's permanently in the believers. Through every heartache, every temptation, through every trials, through every decision you make, in the good times, in the bad times, the Holy Spirit is with you. Amen. Can you believe that? We forget who's dwelling inside of us. The Holy Spirit, our comforter, our defense, our advocate is inside of us. Oh my God. I get excited just thinking about somebody's helping me when I'm helpless. When I cannot help myself. Or I don't know which way to turn. Or I don't know how to articulate my thoughts. The Holy Spirit, my helper, my daddy, is inside of me. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Oh, my God. 
Let's look at verse 17 from our text, John 14, 17. Even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but he know him, for he dwelleth with you, and shall be in you, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. So Jesus said in uh, verse 17, he dwells with you and shall be in you. Look at the two relationships. I just got that revelation while I was preparing. The Holy Spirit is with you. He's in you. But there's also a third relationship which we are not going to speak about, but it's in Acts 1.8. Jesus said, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. So three of these, so, so think of this threefold relationship. With, in, upon. The Holy Spirit was with you before he come upon you. The Holy Spirit was with you before you came to Christ. The Bible says in John 16, 8, and when he is come, he will prove the world of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. Of sin, because they believe not on me. That's how the, Spirit, the Holy Spirit is with someone. But then once you surrender, you give your heart to Christ. He comes into your life and be your Lord. But he brings the Holy Spirit, your comforter, your guide. And he resides and abides in you. My God, that's something to be excited about. First Corinthians 6, 9 says, Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God and you are not your own. You cannot do whatever you want with that temple. Because Jesus is in you, the Holy Spirit. The paraclete is in you. But later on, he comes upon you to gift you to do his work in the world to his witness. So in short, the Holy Spirit is with us to help us to salvation. He comes in us to help sanctify us. And then he comes upon us to supercharge us. He empowers us to do the work of the ministry. So thank God for that supercharge that enables us to do the work of the, of the Holy Spirit. Next point about the Holy Spirit. Number five. The Holy Spirit is a reliable helper. Can somebody say reliable? Reliable helper. My God. For Jesus called him in verse, in verse 17, the spirit of truth. That's what he called it in John 14, 17. The spirit of truth. He said, even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but he knows him, for he dwell with you and shall be in you. Amen. The Holy Spirit cannot lie. Amen. He cannot deceive. Amen. He won't lead you to lie or deceive. He Amen. works in truth. Amen. The Holy Spirit works in truth. Amen. If we can quickly turn to John 15, 26. John 15, 26. It says... But when the Comforter is come, 
whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth, who proceedeth from the Father, he shall testify of me. In other words, he will tell you the truth of who I am. He will reinforce the truth of my identity. I don't lie. I am God. I'm the Holy Spirit. So I will tell you the truth. So if we go back to John 16, John 16, 12 to 13, he said, I, I have yet many things to say to you. That's what he's telling the disciple. You know what we said earlier on, the disciple was, in, was very saddened. They were, they were hopeless. They, you know, they, they have been around someone that says that they were the daddy and they were feeling saddened. So Jesus said, I have many things to say unto you. But you cannot bear this. In other words, that you're not even listening. What I'm about to tell you, 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 you cannot comprehend what I'm telling you. But then verse 20, he said in verse 27, and you all, you disciples, you my child, you my children, you shall be a witness because you have been with me from the beginning. Now you understand, right? The disciples were emotional. They were not hearing what Jesus was communicating. Their hearts were pounded. They did not know which way to go. They were upset. They were concerned. He know, and Jesus knowing that. He says, I have a lot of things to tell you. But you guys cannot handle it. It's like me telling my husband, I have a lot of things to tell you. But he's weeping because I'm telling you something is happening in my life. At that point in time, he's not understanding anything I'm saying. It's like a block. I'm expressing to you, but right now I have to stop. The download is too much. However, in John 16, 13, he says to his disciple, How be it he... The spirit of truth is come. He will guide you in all truth. He shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, they shall speak. And he will show you things to come. Now this accounts for how the disciple could write the New Testament. They couldn't do it by themselves. But by these truths we just read, he's going to bring everything in their remembrance. Amen. And that's what he told him. He's not going to lie. He said, I'll bring everything in your remembrance. He was going to enable them to do that. And that's what he did. What a powerful promises. The Holy Spirit will show us things to come. If we will listen and receive the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And this will change our lives. We can avoid many problems, many setbacks, many disappointments if we just listen to the Holy Spirit. And Jesus said he wanted to tell them more, but they just he just they just he he can't because they would not receive it. And here he spoke about how the Holy Spirit will lead them into all things. So receiving this revelation from the Lord that they were unable to receive at that time was dependent on them receiving the Holy Spirit. Because if you're telling me something and I'm crying, I'm weeping, I'm not hearing what you're saying. It has to be something that empowers me to remember everything that you, have, you did, everything you taught me, everything you told me. Right? So it has to be the Holy Spirit. If they did not receive the positive ministry of the Holy Spirit, 
that Jesus revealed in John 16, 8 to 12, our further revelation from the Holy Spirit will be blocked. That's a powerful truth, y'all. Understanding and receiving these powerful, positive ministry of the Holy Spirit is an essential ingredient of revelation knowledge. So when people come to me and you and tell us that they have a word from God, which you like to do, everybody seems to be prophesying. I encourage you, like I do, to listen and line it up to the word of God. If it's not lined up to the word of God, you know that's not truth. And how can you tell if someone is filled with the Holy Spirit? They are holy and they are filled with the truth. The truth is God's word. God's word never lies. The word of God is final authority. Regardless of what people say, it is final authority. No buts, ins, ands of God's word is final authority. Throughout scriptures, God reveals his word and, and anything people must say or do has to line up with the word of God. There's an interesting text in Isaiah 8, 19. Let's quickly turn there. Isaiah 8, 19. <clears throat> and when they shall say unto you, seek unto them that have familiar spirits and unto wizards that peeps at, and that mutters. Stop here. That's a false practice, right? That you're telling people you can consult familiar spirits and find out what God say. You know that's demonic. We have them, the palm readers. We have them. Let me call the psychic hotline. Listen to the response. <clears throat> Should not a people seek unto their God for the living to the dead? And here's the answer to all that in verse 20. To the law and the testimony. You know the law and his testimony is the scripture, right? Um, it's the law of Moses back then and the testimony of the prophets. But right now you have the Bible. You have the word of God. If they speak not according to the word, it is because there is no light in them. And what you have to do? Reject them. If someone speaks the opposite of what the word of God says, it's because there is no light in them. It is written in Psalms 119.05. God's word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. So those who speak contrary to the word of God don't have any light in them. They are in darkness. Since as believers we have to guide our ear gates, our mouth gates, our eye gates, what we see, what we hear, and what we say. Because when we don't guide them or we don't watch what we listen, see, and talk, we allow the enemy to creep in. And we soak in those things that are not aligned with God's word. So you must study the word of God for yourself. So he can bring everything in remembrance. You must also line the word with whatever somebody says with the word of God. And, and you have to be careful too because some people they take just one tab of a scripture 
and make it suitable. That's why you have to ask the Holy Spirit, right? Guide me. Help me, Jesus. I don't understand what this prophecy is all about. I don't understand what they're saying. But Lord, give me that revelation knowledge so I can understand. So in Acts 17, let me, let me point out something. In Acts 17, Paul was preaching. Paul and Silas was preaching. I, I think I'm going to pronounce it wrong. But in Berea, Berea, Berea. And the people welcome him. They welcome him. They listen to him. But you know what they did? You know. They searched the scriptures for themselves. To confirm what Paul and Silas was preaching was correct. They searched the scriptures. So it is noble to receive God's word and search the scripture. Therefore, it is ignorance not to do these things for yourself. Somebody says something. Search the scripture. Apostle E is teaching. Search the scriptures. I am preaching. Search the scriptures. So even Paul. The apostle was scrutinized. And he liked that. Right? The Bible said to study. To show yourself approved. So they studied the Bible. That's what you should be doing every day. There are so many people out there on Facebook and YouTube pouring out their own belief. And there are so many Bibles out there. People make their own Bible. Is it, does it line up to really the word of God? So, so that's what we should be doing. Searching the scriptures. So Apostle E preached the sermon. I'm going to go home. I'm going to read my own Bible. Every scripture has to be examined by its context. So this takes us to our fifth and final point of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is an exclusive helper. Not everybody gets that help. Only certain ones get that help. John 14, 17 says, and I'm going to say that again. I think I read that scripture, but we're going back again. No text. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but he know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. Anyone who has not been born again cannot be baptized in the Holy Spirit. It doesn't matter how many times they say, well, I'm not, I'm not a Christian, but I have the Holy Spirit. No, false. That's what Jesus was saying when he said, the world cannot receive the Holy Spirit. Non-Christian cannot receive anything beyond their five senses. 1 Corinthians 2.14 says, But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. For they are foolishness to him. Nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. In other words, they are super limited to what they can see. Have you ever come across someone and you are witnessing to them and you're telling them about Jesus? <laughs> and you're trying to explain the Bible to them? And they're coming up with all kind of a science and let you know that this is not the Christ? That science, that we don't have a God, we do this. They are basing everything on their senses. Because unless Jesus opens their hearts of the blind, they won't see it. They have to be hooked up in the spirit realm. 
The Holy Spirit is the resident helper to every believer. Ain't you not just happy Amen. that you're so blessed and fortunate Amen. that we have a helper Amen. in spite of what we see out there in the world, Amen. in spite of what people say that you cannot be healed, we see what God says about us, Amen. in spite of when people say you can get COVID, we know what the Lord says about us, about our health. In spite when people say you can't get a job because of your education, we know that is not education, but the God says that we are more than conquerors. And we, if we ask anything, he will give it to us. And you're just happy about that. So the believers, we, they can't walk by faith. Second Corinthians 5, 7 say, for we walk by faith and not by sight. Not what I see. I am sick. I understand that, but I know what the Lord says. Amen. That by his stripes, I am healed. Amen. I know what you're saying. I know what the doctors say. Amen. I heard what the doctors say. Amen. Oh, the doctors say I cannot walk. The doctors say that I have AIDS. The doctors say that I have lupus. I know what you said to me. Amen. I know that you said that those things can be healed. Amen. But I know what your words say, God. And I trust you. So Jesus' statement here that the world cannot receive the Holy Spirit is very important. This means that until people are born again, they cannot receive the Holy Spirit. John 3, 3 says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Which means, that doesn't mean that you have to go back into your mama's stomach. Now, now, now you know that's impossible. To slice Cheryl back into Sonia's stomach. <laughs> Unbelievers cannot receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We have been given in scripture our relationship with the Holy Spirit. Moving forward. He is with us, in us, and upon us. What a privilege. Someone is with us. We don't even feel it. Because you know why? We don't activate our spirit. We let it just be dormant. We don't open up our mouth and ask him for help when we need help. Amen. Ephesians 5, 17 to 18. Therefore do not be unwise, but, un but understanding that the will of the Lord is, and do not be drunk with wine, in which is a di dispensation, but be filled with the Spirit. Here the Holy Spirit, Jesus is comparing, being drunk with wine, Versus being filled with the Holy Spirit. That's a comparison right there. Amen. You know that when, for some of us that used to drink, when we drink, we understand that when we drink, we, wasn't under the, we were under the influence of something else. Amen. We couldn't control what we were thinking, our actions, or where we were. We were in the gardens. My dad used to drink. And he didn't even understand the next day he was on the floor, on the ground. Ended up by someone else. There's a lot of women that are being raped. Because when they get drunk. They no longer have control of their bodies. Right? They are in some other place. And when they wake up they say okay well I was raped. By who? Because they have no control. Because another thing was taken over. But Jesus gave us a command. He said do not be drunk. Do not be drunk with one. But the spirit. It's a command. Be filled with the Spirit. I'm wrapping it up. Amen. Furthermore, the effects of the Holy Spirit, when you are filled with the Holy Spirit, is going to show Galatians. The fruits of the Spirit, the kindness, gentleness, peace, self-control, 
how I interact with my spouse, how I interact with my brother, it's going to show. But in Ephesians 5, 19 to 21 says, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, making melody in your heart to the Lord. And it says in 21, submitting one to another in the fear of the Lord. When you are filled with the Holy Spirit, God can do what he is intended for him to do in you. He will work through you to accomplish that. When you are filled with the Holy Spirit, he'll guide you into all truth. When you are filled with the Holy Spirit, you will not be scared of what's around you. When you are filled with the Holy Spirit, he's going to show up in your marriage. When you are filled with the Holy Spirit, he's going to show up at your job. When you are filled with the Holy Spirit, he's going to show up in the church. When you are filled with the Holy Spirit, he's going to show up in your singleness. When you are filled with the Holy Spirit, he's going to show up on social media. When you are filled with the Holy Spirit, it's going to show up everywhere you go. Someone might be watching and they're asking, what do you have to be do to be filled with the Holy Spirit? It's simple. Two words. Just ask. Just ask. Just ask. But you need a relationship with him. I need him. He said just ask. So as we close, we all need to have a relationship with God. So if you can, wherever you are, if you're on YouTube, on Facebook, in the audience, if you can just lower the music just a little bit, please for me. If you're just listening and you're saying, how can I, how can the, res, the Holy Spirit take residence in my heart? If you bow your head and close your eyes and say, Lord, I need you. I need your help. I admit I am a sinner. I cannot do anything without you. I believe you rose from the dead. I turn my past in your hearts, in your hands. I repent from my sin. I want to follow Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Help me to live for you. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Just that quick, you have accepted the Lord. He's in your heart. And since I want to rejoice with you, whether you're in the audience or you are on YouTube and Facebook, because the Spirit of God, angels are rejoicing, and I'm rejoicing with you. Amen. Know that you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and personal Savior. I want to let you know that you are not alone. At any point, you feel hopeless, you feel restless. Or you feel that you need someone just to talk to. Know that you have the comforter. The Holy Spirit that can help you. You can talk to him anytime you feel like. He's a 24-7 resident. He doesn't go anywhere. If you feel alone, remember you're not alone. Know that you have trusted Jesus. There's a seal. There's a seal. You're sealed. The Holy Spirit is your helper. Since are you just happy to know that the Holy Spirit is a helper? Yeah. Let's just send and let's just give God some praise. Yeah. If you're watching, give God some praise.
Give God praise for another comforter, the Holy Spirit, our guide, our advocate, our defense, our miracle worker. Let's go give God praise for what he has started, what he'll continue to do. And for those of you that are watching, if you like one of us to reach out to you or you just want some um, um, something that you can read, you can reach out to us at iogmtally at gmail.com. iogmtally.com. We'll be happy to send you some materials. One of our elders or one of our ministers will be happy to reach out to you. We are here for you if you need us. Amen. Thank you, Lord God. Let's give God some praise. Please take time to meditate on the word and let it sink into your heart and soul and mind today. Knowing that the Christian who meditates on the word will be like a tree planted by the water, bringing forth fruit in its season and prospering in all that he does. But what if you aren't a Christian today? What if you don't know if you're bound for heaven as a forgiven child of God? If that's you, then let's take care of it right now if you're ready. Do you believe that Jesus died for your sins? Are you ready to be forgiven of your sins and washed clean and made new? Are you ready to begin your new life in Christ? Then turn to God right now and say, Lord, I love you. I need you. I repent of my sins. Lord, please forgive me and wash me clean. I receive your forgiveness right now as I put my faith in Jesus as my Savior. God, please lead me and teach me and show me how to live from now on. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And if you're looking for a good church family, you'll be welcomed with open arms at Imitators of God Ministries, Colossal Vivacious Church in Tallahassee, located at 4750 Capital Circle Southeast near Tram Road. Sunday school begins for all ages at 10 a.m. and the morning service begins at 11. And the Wednesday evening service begins at 7. This is a life-giving, multicultural, multi-generational church where people of all races, backgrounds, and walks of life come together to worship, to be inspired in their love for God, to develop relationships, and to be empowered to live out God's purpose for their lives. Find more information on their website, imitatorsofgodministries.com, or call the church, 850-408-8496.